The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to a special Once Turns 100 Postmortem Edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. In this postmortem, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the hit ABC series. We're going to be discussing all five seasons of Once Upon a Time. So for old time's sake, we will warn you right now with a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Please welcome my co-host to our special Once Turns 100 postmortem broadcast. First up, it's Katie Cat. Hey guys, I'm super excited to talk about all of the seasons that we haven't had a chance to talk about before, so going to be great. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Next up, it's Ava Stark. Hey everyone. I can't believe Once Upon a Time turned 100. That's like crazy because I remember watching it like feels like I watched it a few weeks ago, but not yeah. really. Ooh. You know. Yeah. Next up, it's Ashley Michelle. Hey guys, I'm excited to look back and how far we've come. We really, it's, it's amazing that we got this far. And joining us tonight, our recurring guest star, Brittany. Oh my god, I'm a guest star. I'm never, that's, that's never going to get old for me, I love it. <laughs> hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. I've been watching the show since season two, and unfortunately I didn't have any friends that watched, that wanted to watch the show with me, so this feels really good. Yes, now you have us. Uh, exactly. We're your friends. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right, listeners. Tonight we're going to be doing something very different. If you guys thought that last week's postmortem was different, tonight is even more different because we're going to be discussing Once Upon a Time as a whole, the entire series. We're going to be breaking down each season, each major plot point, each major storyline of this fantastic series as we belatedly celebrate once turning 100. So before we get into all of that, we want to give you a few reminders on how you can interact with us, with the show, via social media during our hiatus. You can like us on Facebook simply by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can follow the station as a whole. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, simply at Poppy Chulo Radio. 
Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know what all of you think of the show and uh, what you thought of this previous season of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. We're always looking for talented individuals to join our team. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And of course, you can search for Storybook Weekly Mirror through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. Alright, let's get into it. We gotta start, where else, with Season 1, Where the Magic Began. So, uh, Season 1 was largely about getting Emma Swan to believe in magic and the idea of magic. And we were introduced to all of our characters. Everyone had their very first backstories. We got a chance to see some of their stories play out in the Enchanted Forest. And uh, the theme of uh, Season 1 was like the belief in magic, basically. So I want to get everyone's take on Season 1. I'll start off. I was really excited about the series once ABC had its upfronts in May of that year. And I was looking forward to Once Upon a Time just because of the idea of the fairy tale characters in the real world. And what that would be like, what that would look like, and that kind of thing. I remember it was the summer before once. Jennifer Goodwin was on, I don't know if it was still live with Regis and Kelly, or if it was live with Kelly that transitional year when she was testing out co-hosts. But I remember she was on there, and she had mentioned that the previous time she was on the show, she had sort of made a... um, a verbal wish. She was like, I would love to play a Disney princess. And uh, she was promoting a, a different movie. I think it was that Kate Hudson movie she was in. Something Borrowed, I think, is what it was called, maybe. And uh, she was uh, saying how now she's going to be playing a Disney princess, and she's really excited about it. And, and her excitement over it got me excited for the series. And once it premiered, I was instantly hooked from, uh, you know, the start of the series, you know, the kiss that broke the uh, sleeping spell of Snow White to the very end where we saw Henry excitedly look at the CGI clock tower click. It was fantastic. I loved it. What did everyone think of Once Upon a Time? And were all of you excited to see the series when you heard about this new series? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, I had heard about it. I think it was, I can't even remember. I feel like it was like a link on Facebook or something. And I just clicked it. It was talking about this new show that ABC picked up and and the keyword and there was fairy tale remake. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I love fairy tales and they're remaking it and, you know, putting it into modern day and stuff like that. And it just really piqued my interest. And so it became one of the shows that I was really looking forward to seeing the most. I think it's one of the most anticipated shows that I've ever wanted to see or been excited about um, ever. And it really didn't disappoint. The pilot was, it really just gave you a glimpse of what this series was going to be about. And it, 
really just drove home the main theme of the show. Even to this day, you watch a pilot and you still got the main themes of the show in the pilot. And it's just, the season one was fantastic. They did such a good job of balancing um, the flashbacks and the modern day stuff that was happening and just keeping it really riveting. And then I was not expecting them to break the curse in the first season. You know, that's kind of, it seemed like a major plot point that they were going to, you know, maybe drag out for a few seasons, but they took a risk and they broke it in the first season. And that really opened up, you know, what's going to happen in the second season. Now that magic is back and everyone knows who they are. So I really liked the first season. I thought that they did a phenomenal job. Um, The actresses and actors and um, just the writing was really great too. Yeah, it's funny. I always thought the breaking of the curse was going to be a end of the series thing. I don't know why. I just never thought it would happen at the end of one season. But I'm glad that they Mm -hmm. ended up doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it really opened them up for different different plot points that they could bring in and that we could see more um, fairy tale characters and, you know, just seeing how they relate to each other now that they know who they are in their past. So it was really a bold move on the writer's part, but I think it really did work out. Really? Because I completely had a different, like, I thought they were going to break the curse earlier because of Graham and Rumpelstiltskin remembering who they were. So I was like, you know what? This is going to happen sooner than you think. So, yeah, for me... When they broke the curse at the end of the season, I was like, okay, that's, that's, I was super excited because I was like, now they know who they are. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. But yeah. for me, the way I started this show, I, um, obviously, I was following Robert Carlyle's work uh, even before this show. Um, I watched Your Stargate boo-thing. Universe. My boo thing. <laughs> I watched Stargate Universe before this show because he was in it literally before uh, the show. And then, um, kind of like I was in the middle of high school, getting getting my grades up, playing soccer. So I kind of stopped. So I actually started once upon a time towards the end of season one. I can't remember what episode it was. And as soon as I watched the pilot, I was mind blown, especially when they revealed Snow White, how she's a school teacher, but she's she's Snow White in this enchanted forest, they call this place. I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with the show since the pilot episode and I kept on watching it because um, I was like, you know what? Obviously, Rumpelstiltskin is going to be my favorite because Robert Carlyle. It wasn't because of him. He became my favorite character because of, of, of he's such a great character, a very complex character. But I also, uh, I didn't know who Jennifer Goodwin was or Lana Perea, as a matter of fact, because they didn't have, Jennifer Goodwin did have some big projects before this, but I wasn't familiar with her. This show introduced me to new actors whom I didn't know before. And Lana Perea is one of my favorite actresses right now. She's awesome as the evil queen and as Regina she absolutely killed it as the uh, evil queen when she walks in and says, sorry, I'm late. That's like an iconic moment from the show. And it's, yeah, I could probably talk about this all day. 
But I love to hear what everyone else thinks because it's so funny because Poppy got the news from a different perspective. You got it a different way and I got a different way. It's just it's really cool how this one show brought all of us together to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, my story is probably the lamest of how I started to get into one. <laughs> it's all right. We love you. We love a lame story. Okay, <laughs> happy Chulo. Okay, so I was very much into theater when I was in high school and once came out when I was in high school. And I remember like standing around a bunch of uh, theater people and they were all like, oh my God, this Once Upon a Time thing is coming out. Like, I wonder if they're going to do musicals with it. Like, it's going to be a bunch of fairy tales because we were going to, we were doing Peter Pan that year in our production company. And everyone was so excited for it. And I was like, what the fuck? They're making a TV show about fairy tales. Like, haven't we done this already? And I ignored it. And I was just like, you guys are idiots. Like, that, like, who, who even watches TV anymore? And who would watch that? And I was just like, I'm going to be like, I'm, and I just, I did not watch it for a long time. And then it came out on Netflix. And I saw it come out on Netflix for season, up until season three. And one day I had a day off at work and I was just laying in bed and I was like, you know what? I got nothing else better to do. And I watched it and I fell in love with it. And I even had my fiance at the time watch it and he fell in love with it and we would just watch it together. And from then on, I didn't even follow once when it was at the time season four a was going on. I didn't even watch it while it was doing that. I wouldn't catch up until season five was ready to come out. And that was when I started to watch it live. Like, I just would watch it over and over again. But at the beginning, I thought it was, I did not think it was a good idea. I thought it was <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and it ended up being one of my favorite things on the planet. That's crazy, right? Like, you didn't watch it. You were like, eh, this sounds so stupid. And now you're like, this is the best thing on earth. Like, I know what you guys were talking about. Why didn't you right? say anything? Uh-huh. We didn't know you. No, I mean, like, the theater geeks. Like, uh, why did yes. you just, like, hate something because everyone taught me to hate things when I was a kid? That's scary. <laughs> you know, like, the ironic hating things, like, yeah, that sounds stupid. Like, I'm not gonna like that. Like, do you even watch mm-hmm. that? Like, I was like that kind of person. Oh my goodness. You were one of those people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ash, don't be a follower. Don't do it. <laughs> oh no. Brittany well, knows me better than everyone because she ha- she follows my Tumblr. So yes, she I knows do. My I routine. know. I know. I know the deepest, darkest secrets from Ash. Sounds frightening. But, but for me, to be honest, I'm gonna assume the way I found out about this show was a recommend, uh, recommended video from YouTube. Um, at the time when I got into Once Upon a Time, which was when it was airing its second season, I wasn't I wasn't like into TV shows that much. Like I wasn't like a fanatic like I am now. Um, but as soon as I saw the video on the side, I was like, ooh, what's this? Like, I didn't, like, you know, I just, me, I'm 
if you're on YouTube, sometimes you can get lost for hours just going through the recommended videos on the site. And I saw, and it was that really nice trailer with that really pretty song. And I was like, I'm gonna download this song. And uh, but the whole trailer, I was like, holy shit, I'm watching this now. Everything that I I like in a TV show was there. Um, uh, it's all it's fantasy, it's medieval times, it's magic, like all of that stuff is what makes me want to watch a show. And to be honest, like my, my three top favorite shows are all, they all take place, like not in the modern day. They all take place um, like during the medieval times. So uh, when I got into this, I was like, even better, it's, it's Disney. Holy shit. We're going to see everyone come to life. Like, Oh my God. So when I binge watched the hell out of season one, I loved it. It had, it, just had so much potential and I was like where are they gonna go with this and I really did like the formula they they gave us which was the the daughter of Snow White and Charming and um I loved following uh Snow and Charming but I did the elements that they that, that they planted in season one I knew that this show was gonna get a little complicated especially when um Snow and uh Charming started to have that relationship you know a, a, an affair Actually, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, girl, oh, oh!" Like, I, like I was like, "Shit's yeah. going down." I was, like, I was like, "How is this on ABC Family? This is about family." <laughs> but, but you know, we we overlooked it because it's Snow and Charming, and there's a reason why it's happening because they can't fight. You know what destiny is. You know if you want to go that way. Um, but either way, I just I loved it. It was really it was really great and. Uh, Emma just like I think she blew me away the most and I and to be honest I hated Regina. But love to hate her. Like there's a difference. Okay. Like if I just hate you, like I want you gone. But Regina, I was so intrigued by her because we got a lot of uh, we got some backstory about her and I was like, man, I can't hate a woman that can wear a dress like that. First and foremost, you know, any dress that she wears. And uh, I just knew that there was more to her. Like, she wasn't born evil. There's something, something happened. Show me what happened. And show me where she's going to go. And the finale just took me for a loop, man. That It wasn't true love between a, between two lovers. You know, it was true love from family. And that was just really beautiful. It was just very well done. Really good season one to just grab your attention and pull you in to this magical world. I agree, absolutely. I think one of the most interesting aspects of uh, Season 1 was wondering, does anybody know that they're cursed? Does anybody know? And like every episode, and especially in the beginning, I know I was looking for clues and stuff. Like, does anybody know? Is anybody acting weird? You know, is anybody looking at that book weird? Like, what's going on? And then finally we had, uh, I think the first official confirmation was Regina because we saw her crush Graham's heart. And silence among the land. (laughs) Does anybody want to talk about Graham? Graham. This is season one, so I will allow a Graham chat. You are sexy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have him. to agree. I, I shipped him with Emma with the little time that we had. I was like, "Ooh, I like this. This is cool." Uh huh. And then they I ripped it out. Him. Yeah, me too. I do. I I do too. <sighs> so sad. 
But now we got hooked, so. Ruin his career. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Hay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wish they had. Uh, they didn't kill him off that early. I wish it was like at the season finale. That way it would have been much better. Because, I mean, by that time, um, Jamie didn't have any projects, I'm guessing. Because he got Fifty Shades after season two of Once Upon a Time, or three, I'm guessing. Wait, it's later than um, the actual whatever. But yeah, I wish they didn't kill him off because he was a good character. I really liked him. Yeah. Ugh. So disappointing. But, I mean, it was... It really did push things... Well, I mean, it kind of pushed things forward. But it really did, like, raise the stakes of the show. So you're like, oh, wow. They're actually going to kill this guy. And they did. And I love... I love... This is one thing I love. Is that throughout the seasons... I haven't paid attention to the recent episodes, but Emma still wears his shoelaces. That's so cute. I love it. And apparently there's like a pair of his shoes in the sheriff's office that in one of the shoes is missing the shoelaces because she wears them around her wrist. And that's so cute. I love that they added that detail to the show and they kept it in for a really long time. I don't think she wears them so much anymore, but she wore them for a really long time. And so that was really cute, but he definitely had an impact on her life. And it was kind of sucky that they killed him, but Hey, it raised the stakes. It did. It really raised the stakes. (laughs) I want to ask all of you two questions. The first question is, are there any elements from season one that you miss, that you feel are no longer a part of the show? And uh, is there anything from season one that you don't miss? Were there any mistakes in season one that you feel that they fixed in subsequent seasons? Ooh, that's continuity. a hard question. I didn't come I here the for, the hard, for the hard questions, Poppy. I came here for that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> we don't want our brains to work. <laughs> I think uh, I I think one of the things is like the flashbacks of like the characters that uh, that matter that you know that we've spent all you know five seasons with. I I like to see more of their origin story as long as it makes sense. Like not just they fit it in there just to fit it in there, or if they do, as long as I like it, you know. Because I think part of the reason why um, I liked season one so much was we got a lot of. Uh, bits and pieces of of their past lives or their lives you know before they got their their memories erased and i really i think what i miss the most is how how active snow and charming were but that's because season one did revolve around them of course emma coming to save them um and to meet her family but i feel like what got me more like to watch the series was like Snow White and Charming and their love story and all that stuff and that's what got me connected and um I just I liked it I liked seeing um Snow in her outfit and with uh with her bow and arrow and just being like a warrior princess I love it 
and and uh, and David actually doing something. <laughs> I just like them being young, you know, and that's what I really liked from from season one. Um, and I feel like in the in this recent season, season five, they did bring some of that back. That they're playing an active role um, in their daughter's lives and in their own, and uh, they still have a very very strong relationship. And I'm okay that they shifted the love story to to their daughters. That's completely okay. And their and their daughter's love story, Emma's love story, is going is going really really well too. So I think they're writing uh, love stories quite well, with the exception of maybe a couple, but the main ones are actually done very well. So props to the writers for that for making me feel and cry. Aw, Brittany. <laughs> I will find I you. I will always find you. I forgot the question because I think it was a two-part question, wasn't it? Yes. Like, <laughs> and what we don't miss. What to, uh, what elements you uh, miss, and uh, what elements are you kind of glad uh, aren't there? anymore what i miss one. is the dynamic between certain characters like in season one emma and gold worked together all the time like that was amazing yeah. um that relationship was one of my favorites uh to watch these two kind of like yes, go behind regina yeah exactly <laughs> go behind regina and do their thing and then he would go back behind her with regina do his thing with her that sounded dirty, but it's not. Um, so I do miss the golden swan and golden queen dynamic a lot, especially golden queen, because I mean these two are just these two actors are just fantastic. Uh, so I, but season five kind of sort of gave it to us a little bit, especially towards the end of it, like the season finale. That was a really good. Um, we had a really good adventure between Gold and Regina. Uh, so yeah, I miss that. But what I don't miss is holy shit. That's ho that's hard. <laughs> There's nothing because season one is such a good season because even though they were introducing us with new characters every episode, it didn't feel like they were shoving those characters down our throats like it feels like with the newer seasons. Um, and at this point, if they do flashbacks with the new seasons, it's like. I know, like, who cares? Like, just talk about the present. I don't care about the flashback. Maybe that's how I feel. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to, like, pick out what you don't miss. Because each season has, like, its own charms and stuff. I mean, I could say that I don't miss... I mean, I don't want to say that they were under, they were undeveloped, I mean, characters. They weren't developed to the point that they are now. So I don't miss exactly who they were then. Like, I don't miss Emma feeling unloved and feeling alone. And I don't miss Regina feeling, or, you know, being the evil queen and feeling like if it's the she's last never going to find I love do. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't miss that. But when I do watch season one, I really like it because it's their characters in that moment. Um, so I don't, I don't miss them in the sense that I wouldn't want them to be the, the same way they were in season one that they are in season five. Um, 
but I did, I do really miss, like Ava was saying, I really miss, um, I really miss the dynamics between Gold and Emma and Gold and Regina. Um, they had such great scenes in the first season and they played off of each other so well and they do still to a point, but they don't get many opportunities to have scenes together in these recent seasons. So I do miss that a lot. I miss some of the dynamics that we saw. Um, but it's just, like I said, I feel like every, I look at each season as its own season and they each have their own charms. So, and downfalls, I guess you can say. So, yeah. You actually, you know, I think I may have found one, but this would probably have to go for season one and two, unless I got season two wrong. But, I don't miss having one whole season about one whole thing. If you guys get oh, what really? I'm saying. Like now we're getting two arcs and you know what? I'm kind of okay with it. I'm kind of, I don't yeah. mind having two different arcs in one season because there are some shows that go on right now that are just 10 episodes. Like, you know, Game of Thrones is 10, 10 episodes. Uh, some CW shows are like 16 episodes and sometimes the quality is better with less. So I when know. They, when they split it up now, what's in season three, I believe, when we got the separate arcs, I kind of like it. It's kind of like, it's kind of fast paced and I, I'm okay with that. You know, like I want to see, I don't want my, my heroes to rest. I want to keep going. Like, let's keep going on the journey. What new places are you going to take us to? So there was a lot of slow, like slow buildup for the first season and probably the second one. Um, but it was necessary. It's okay. We had to get used to all the characters. So that's okay, but I, I'm glad they changed it up with this formula. It means new ideas, uh, new characters, um, more dynamics, and then like more angst, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So, um, and then more villains. I'm, I'm okay with that. And who doesn't love more <laughs> villains, right? I know, more villains. They're a more, blessing. More flashbacks, different flashbacks, too, of the different characters we get. And mm -hmm. I'm all for that, because if, if honestly... Uh, if anything, uh, I I was more drawn to the flashback bits that I saw in the trailer for season one. Because I like that they're in the Enchanted Forest, you know, there's no technology. It's just, you know, green lakes and like, I love all that stuff. So, you know, that's, that's just all me. But yeah, I guess that's probably one thing I don't miss. I agree honest. with you, Brittany. I'll say in the beginning, the half-season arcs kind of started to become formulaic because it was yeah. always like okay at the end of the season the villain's going to disappear they're going to kill the villain and this that or the other i like that they're switching things up a little bit so to where some of the villains get redeemed some of the villains disappear and then end up coming back and, and i mean obviously some of the villains do end up dying uh, they kind of switched it up uh, completely with the Queens of Darkness by having more than one villain. So I like that they're kind of learning how to do it a little bit better. Because in the beginning it was always like, at least from what it appeared at the end of Season 3, it was like, okay, they're just killing the villains. Like, the villains are, are dying and this, that, or the other. So it was nice to slowly start to see them redeem the villains uh, in Season 4A with Frozen. It was almost yeah. as if she... I mean, for lack of a better word, she kind of committed suicide. Like, she killed herself to uh, 
like redeem herself in a sense she destroyed herself and then the queens came and i kind of switched it up a little bit some of them survived some of them didn't and then uh you know it, it was interesting i don't i don't mind the arcs because as you said they introduce more characters and and things of that nature and i, and I feel like they're finally or i should say they finally figured out how to properly incorporate the characters into the arcs because at one point it was kind of like okay it's these characters for these arc let's focus let's focus on them let's focus on them let's focus on them okay now they're gone let's focus on these other characters let's focus on them focus on them so i feel like they kind of learn from their mistakes and i don't mind yeah. the arcs i know i think katie's sick of them <laughs> well, like it, it's because it's just it's such a big ensemble like now. Like look at look at how far we come from season one, and even then, season one had a lot of characters that we still that we don't even see anymore, or that aren't even mentioned, like the Granny. dwarfs. Like, yeah, Grant. Well, Gran my beautiful Granny's Granny. Like, Gra Granny's the most useful one, learning how to use technology and helping our heroes when like we need <laughs> when they need it. But like, she's got to learn how to sext Geppetto. Like. like like the dwarfs, oh like we don't even see them. You know, it's there's a lot of stuff, and it's it's not it's not the show's fault. It's just there's a lot of characters, a lot of fairy tales, and uh, some of us have favorites too. You know, and we want to see each of them get enough uh, screen time. To be honest, like we, I think season one, half of it was like three straight episodes of like all the princesses, and you know, I was like, why, why do we have to watch this again? Like, what, what do they do to the plot? But I think it's more of a, of Emma like immersing herself into this world that she still doesn't believe magic. She's just, you know, and uh, I liked it at first. I was like, why, why is this happening? But now that we get the arcs, I, I just like it. Like everyone's just like shifting to turbo. Yes, I used a Power Ranger pun. But, um, yeah. Okay, I think it might be yeah. time. Or, Katie, do you want to chat about the arcs, or do you want to move into season two? Well, no, you can just move into season two. No, chat about the arcs, because I like hearing your opinion. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, um, Go ahead. <laughs> I, I like the two-season arcs for the fact sorry, the one season two arc formula because it gives us a chance to see more in a sense. And then it's focused on that um, arc and you get to wrap it up. But then at times I feel like, I feel like it can be too rushed. Like I felt some of the arcs were like super rushed and it like, they had to resolve things super quickly. And I was like, okay, whatever. I like the one season formula, but tweaked a little bit. Like, I don't know. I feel like for me, there needs... I like the two arcs. I feel like they should keep that. But there needs to be an overlaying arc that goes through both of them that's a little bit more prominent. I don't know. I mean, especially if they... I mean, it really worked, especially because they would they had gone to the, um, to the taking, you know, the three months off in the winter and then... They would do 11 episodes, take three months off, and then do the next 12 or 11 or 12 episodes. Um, so it really worked for that. But if they change that up, like they were talking about doing and getting rid of that three-month break, then I feel like it might not work out so well, but I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. I, 
I like the show regardless if it has a season long arc or just two arcs. So we'll see. We'll see. I think maybe what they'll do is the arc won't be complete. There'll be some sort of uh, resolution or crescendo in the mid-season finale, and maybe they'll continue the arc. Because I, I don't know. I just don't see yeah. them fully getting rid of Hyde. Let's say you know, because that's what the new uh, arc would be. If he owns the town now, and that's yeah. I don't know. It, I, just feels it, it seems as if like they want him there for a little bit longer than just a uh, half season arc, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into season two. This was another season that had uh, a full season arc. Although, in my opinion, you could split up the arcs three ways in uh, season two like the first arc would be snow and emma's excellent adventure in the enchanted forest and then the second arc would be cora uh, and hook invade storybrook and then the third arc at least at the time we didn't know this but it ended up being a pre sort of like setup to peter pan arc with greg and tamara want to wipe out magic at the time we didn't know there were for peter pan so let's talk about season two what did we think of season two as a whole fuck greg and tamara yeah (laughs) i almost i honestly forget about them they were there they were there to set up peter pan i actually was seeing they weren't inconsequential they literally set up peter pan (laughs) I remember all of that and I think it was so frustrating to see um to to see Neil not trust Emma's instincts and I think if there's one thing in this show that's consistent and that people should learn by now is to trust Emma's instincts whether at the whether in season one that she didn't trust people or not trust but like didn't want to open herself up and you know form that connection that it doesn't matter like she always her guts were always right and uh she was she never did it for jealousy or anything she was like i legitimately feel something weird like listen to me and they're like no and i'm like why like i just it's so frustrating (laughs) but to be honest season two is kind of forgetful and to be honest cora is not one of my favorite people i (gasps) just she's like the worst mother i've ever like i love cora watched (laughs) Okay, well, she's not the worst. I can name someone else, but she is one of the worst. Um, and I just, I, I don't understand her. I, I don't understand what, why she has to be so. Cora. She's an evil bitch. What do you have to understand? I guess, yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. And then, and then I'm like, well, no wonder that Zelina's her daughter. But anyway, uh, just, I don't know. Cora's just. I didn't understand. I, I don't even remember her what what she wanted to do. She wanted to take over take over Storybook, right, or get her daughter back. So I I don't even. She kidnapped Jiminy Wait. Cricket. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, see that guy. That. I don't see. I don't even know where that guy is anymore. Like. <laughs> I'm telling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but I we see it. Get the introduction of Hook and. The yeah. only thing I think I could for, for sure say that I liked about season two was the partnerships that we were getting and that the 
people were double crossing each other and like I liked that. I was like, ooh, who's bad and who's not? Like I did enjoy that a lot. So I was like, ooh, this, this show can get real good with that type of stuff. So I did enjoy that. And of course, Hook. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. I I mm, I have such a hard time with season two because I, if I think about the episodes individually, I like them. There are certain ones that I didn't care that much for. But I did like a lot of episodes individually in season two. But if I think about them grouped together as a season, I didn't think that they flowed really well. Like, it didn't seem like it went together. And it just... It was, it was definitely that sophomore slump, in my opinion. It just didn't live up to the total quality of the first season. And I don't know. Like, yeah, the the main thing to me is that I just didn't feel like they connected well. It connected well as a season. Um, I did like um, episodes individually. Like, I really liked Tallahassee. Um, I loved that episode where we got to see Emma's past with Neil. And then we got to see her current adventures with Hook. And I loved, um, I loved the finale setting up the... Peter Pan storyline and um, just there were different episodes that were so well done um, but and I really liked that the season you know that they got the rights to hook and that they decided to bring him in and make more of a character of him because um, I know I know that they had said that they wanted the Peter Pan storyline in the show from the beginning, but they just couldn't get the rights to it. And I love, I'm so, I was so happy that they got the rights to it in season two and they were able to bring Hook in because I feel like the show would be so different if he hadn't been brought in. And I know a lot of people online are like, well, it would probably be a better show. Well, <laughs> no, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. He would have probably been Sherlock Holmes. Out of every arc that I try to get people to watch the show with, when I say that they turn Peter Pan into the bad guy and he's fantastic, yeah, that's what made people want to watch the show because it was exactly. different. They turn the characters on their heads and give them a different spin. And yeah, I mean, Peter Pan was my personal favorite story or my favorite Disney movie. Disney, mo- yeah, growing up, like I wasn't. Twinsies. I liked the Disney princess movies, but. Robin Hood and Peter Pan were my favorites growing up. And so I was super excited when they brought the Peter Pan storyline into the show. I know it's season three, but they did bring Hook in, which he was, you know, the main villain from Peter Pan. And they did, you know, first of all, when I saw who was playing him, I fell in love. But (laughs) 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 when his character was on, I just really fell in love with this character. And they did such a good job with him. And I am thinking back to season two. I'm thinking about how, what Hook was like in season two and what he's like now. And it's just, it's so interesting to watch the changes in characters throughout the seasons. Um, Especially Regina in season two. I think that's the one where she was really struggling with Mm -hmm. um, magic and being good or being evil and all of that. And that was really interesting too. And then you also got to see Snow White kill Cora and have to struggle with that mm-hmm. and go to Regina and be like, that's one of my favorite moments where she goes to Regina and she's begging Regina to crush her heart and Regina's like, no, I'm not going to do that because you now have a dark spot in your heart and 
you're gonna have to live with that and that was just so interesting to me just to see them kind of flip characters on their heads but and where is that dark spot now i know you know it's gone it's gone <laughs> I feel like you're refreshing me because I'm totally, like, didn't remember all this. But actually, the Snow White part is one of my favorite parts ever because they we put Snow White on a pedestal in the in this series, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, she's always about hope and family and being there. And then she does something evil or not. Well, not evil, but bad. It's murder. That is evil. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, well, it depends who you're murdering. But anyway, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I got, I go, I got, there's no black and white for me. There's some gray area. And if you ask me if I was sad that Cora was dead, hell no. I was. Like, kill, kill the bitch. Like, no. And after all, she killed her mom. I mean, come on. Like, you know, but either way, like, to see Snow absolutely crushed about that, I was like, damn, that's some good stuff. This is some good stuff. I like it when good characters go dark for a little bit or have a darkness in them because I feel like nobody's pure. Nobody should be perfect. Everyone should be, should have some flaws, but not let the flaws ta- overtake them. And um, seeing Regina and her mother interact was probably like the best time to bring in Cora because she promised Henry, you know, I'm going to try and be good for you. I'm going to set a good example for you. And then her, her horrible mother comes and tries to manipulate her. And uh, Cora's so good at that, or Regina's just really bad. But uh, their relationship... Now, their relationship is toxic. It was bad, but it was so good to watch. But it was more satisfying to see Regina come out of it, um, I guess, stronger and more aware that knowing that her mother was always going to be the same. But that in, in some part of her, she still needed her mom. So... I, I liked it, and then the setup for Captain Hook and everything was just, it was, that was great. And I think, I'm pretty sure season two has that scene where they're all fighting near the portal. Yes. And it's, it's, <laughs> I always see that, gif, I always see that gif around Tumblr, and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. That's like, if you want to explain the show to someone, just show them that just gif. Send just them that, that's yeah. it. And I love it. Emma, Emma versus Hook. Cora versus Regina. Or and Cora Mulan is there. Regina. Yeah, like, it's just, it's so great fighting against, like, near a porter, like, ah, oh, yeah. This is what, this is what I watch the show for. Fuck yeah. Yes. My Gotta love the like season two effect budget. Oh my god. The background for my computer is the scene where Emma has the knife at Hook's neck. What? Yes. I get to watch, I get to look at that every morning. Well, that's yeah. a good reminder of how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an interesting one to have, but okay, all right, uh, I see. <laughs> and y'all have seen the decal? I bought a decal from Spenja, and it's just on the other side of my computer. On the top is a laptop sleeve, and it's the two of them in flames, naked. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> I got both sides. Well, there you go. Season two for me, watching it live week to week on ABC was a bit of a mess because of the three different arcs and and whatnot. And the scheduling as well was really bad in season two. Like season Uh one, it wasn't as bad. Season two, it just felt horrible. It was like one new episode or two new episodes and then like three weeks off and like another two and then another. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. I did a rewatch that summer, I remember, when I got the Blu-ray 
And watching season two, like, back-to-back binging wasn't as bad, at least for me. It actually flowed a bit better watching it back-to-back binging as opposed to, like, watching it when it was airing. So I'll give season two a little bit more props. For me, it flowed a little bit better. Well, I'm, like, rewatching the series over the summer, so I'm going to have to see if I change my mind now that we don't have that weird scheduling. Because that, yeah, that really was, like, a big disruption. Because I remember that. I was so frustrated because it was just, like, the show was on for, like, one episode. And then you got three weeks off. And then two episodes. And then two weeks off. And it was ridiculous. So that really did, now that you say that. That was terrible. But I really liked season two. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I liked how it was, like Poppy mentioned, it was, like, three different arcs going on. There's one arc of... um, even though it was divided, but like there's one where um, Regina is struggling with magic. This is her the beginning of her redemption arc, which was awesome. And then there is one where um, Snow White and Emma Swan are stuck in the Enchanted Forest, where they're trying to get them back. And then there's one with Belfire, the introduction of his character, which was important because they kept mentioning him uh, throughout season one. Uh, so that was kind of like really interesting. It wasn't like one story thing going on for an entire 22 episodes. So I liked that. But there were some episodes where you're just like, oh, facepalm, what the fuck was that? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think every season after season two has those episodes. So like, yeah, it is what it is. Season um, one had Dreamy. <laughs> hey, stop it. <laughs> That was terrible. Grumpy. Jeez. Yeah. We got an episode about a cricket in season one. That I didn't mind it. I like Jiminy. But do we really need to know that dwarves pop out of eggs? (laughs) Yes. I don't think so. I don't know. know. Who knows? More you know. (laughs) But it was was fun to see how he got his grumpy name, you know? Because... In the orange, the white, and the seven dwarf, it wasn't there. So, sure. yeah, season two was a was a good ride for my favorite characters. Um, it was develop. It had development between Rumpelstiltskin and Belle. It had. Um, we had quite a lot of scenes between Regina and Rumpelstiltskin, and it was all sassy and just fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I liked it a lot. It was. Season 1 and 2 are, and 3 are my favorite. First half of the 3 is my favorite. Gotta love sass. Alright, let's get into Season 3. Season 3 saw the debut of the split season, two arcs per season motif that so far has uh, taken a hold of Once Upon a Time. The first half of Season 3 was an adventure in Neverland, where we found out that uh, who knew that Peter Pan would end up being the father of Rumpelstiltskin, but that ended up happening in the first half of Season 3. And then the second half of Season 3 brought a wickedly delicious arc with the long-lost, who knew she had a sister, sister of uh, Regina in Zelina, a.k.a. the Wicked Witch of Oz. So let's chat about season three. Yes. 
<laughs> season three was awesome. Yeah, it season really three was. was yeah, I think we should all agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, very strong villains. Definitely my favorite out of all the seasons was three A. Yeah, three A is my favorite. I think arc. And it's not ever- just because of Captain Swan. No, it no, it's not. The first, I think it was the first time that Once Upon a Time flowed well with continuity, and it was fast paced, and it wasn't like I feel like season one was slow compared to season two, but season two was such like a, like you said, like a sophomore slump. Like it was kind of just like there. And no one really wants to talk about it. And we just kind of ignore it that it happened. And then we get to season three and everything just starts to come together. That's interesting. I liked the pan arc, but it wasn't my favorite. Because for me, at least, they were in Neverland way too long. I was getting bored with Neverland. It felt like, especially the middle of the arc. And I remember us talking about it on the uh, the show because we actually made our debut our first season is once upon a time's third season i remember in the middle of the neverland arc we were just we were all tired of neverland like it just felt like it was dragging too long and then all of a sudden at the end of the arc everything just rushed and it was like really fast and there was like a quick resolution so that's my only problem with that neverland arc they just dragged it a little bit in the middle Hater. No, just being yeah. honest. <laughs> I'm trying I to think, think it's true. I mean, yeah, to a point, but I still really liked it. And I mean, I know I have a personal bias because Peter Pan was always my favorite um, Disney movie. It was my favorite story growing up. So I was like, yeah, let's stay in Neverland forever. It's awesome. Peter Pan's a horrible little child, but I love him. But, uh, I just, I really liked it because I did. I really liked Robbie Kay as Peter Pan. I thought he did a fantastic job I agree. bringing him to life. And like the whole, I, the whole him being Rumpel's father thing was a little weird and it disappointed me at first. But I mean, you know, I've obviously adjusted to that over the seasons. But it was a good twist. It was a really good I twist. I have to agree. Think- it was a good twist. I was surprised because usually you know the stuff by spoilers. I didn't. I when I watched yeah. it, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh no way! I was like, "Really?" But you know what? Season three, like, uh, like Poppy mentioned, it dragged re- like a long. They stayed in Neverland quite for quite some long time. It should have and like they should have left Neverland by episode six or seven, and then continued what was happening in Storybrooke. Kind of like seeing as how uh, gave more Henry to act as P- Peter Pan. That would have been, I don't know, show us how Peter yeah. Pan is taking over Storybrooke, how these people are struggling, and then in the end, which was episode, I think it was episode 11, 311, going home. That's one of my favorite episodes out of the series. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. It's such a I good do episode. Agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with that episode, it should have ended, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, there were a couple of storyline elements that, in my opinion, didn't work. Like, in the beginning, like, Henry was like, oh, you know, I need my family, I need my family. And then all of a sudden, he has one conversation with Peter Pan, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm a lost boy now. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Uh, they, like, rushed stuff, it, it, but then was like stuff, stuff was, like, dragging. It was like a weird combination, where some stuff just, storylines moved along really quick, and then some other storylines just dragged and then rushed to the ending 
from a perspective of somebody, when I started watching the show, I hadn't had cable TV for three years. And I never watched a show while it was airing. I watched, my favorite show at that time was House. And I had watched that from season one to eight straight over one summer. Like that was the way I watched shows. I just binged it. When I watched this show, I didn't feel any dragging when I just binged it because I was just focused on that show and I had nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. I loved it the way that it was. And now that you like, yes, what you're saying is true, but I didn't feel that because I didn't have, like you watch shows all the time. You watch every week different shows and you have a lot to compare to. But for me, I never felt that tug or that drag. Which that makes sense because you binged it uh- for me, because mm-hmm. we were doing the show, you know, I was watching it week to week. So over week to week, it, the storyline just felt like it dragged at one point. But I can see how if you're binging it, it all flowed. Much like what I said with um, season two, in rewatching season two and binging it, it kind of felt a little bit more cohesive than the initial watch. You know, I, I did watch it too, like you guys. I watched it live and um, I didn't... I guess maybe because at the time I was a casual viewer, there I think you you look at shows differently when you're just casually watching something, and See. then when you go back and and analyze it, you know. Um, and sometimes when you analyze, you start to realize things that oh, I didn't pick that up when I was watching it. So, season three is my favorite, and it's not because of Captain Hook. Like I I had at this time I was not reading spoilers. I didn't do that at all. Um, I kept away from that stuff because I didn't even know it was there. Uh, so I had no idea Captain Swan was going to be a thing, but as I watched it happen, I was like, wow, I really want this. Like, I don't even, like, just last season they were fighting each other near that portal, you know, and, but now there, there's an attraction, there's something, and I'm like, damn, they had their really first epic kiss, and I like that this all took place in Neverland because... It just, it felt right. Like, this Neverland wasn't a place of happiness. It, it was dark. Like, you, it's like you couldn't trust anybody. And I liked that. I was like, damn, we're like in some kind of dark place and you don't know who to trust. And then David had poison and he was going to die. Like, it mm-hmm. was some good shit. And Rumble, You can trust me, Brittany. Yeah. Yeah, no. And Rumpel, <laughs> and Rumpel with his dad, you know... I think this was like the first time we saw a and villain. And that creepy wooden doll. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that doll. Like, it's just Peter Pan was actually just so evil. Like, he was just it was an asshole. So, like, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. And I love how. It, I mean, you guys were. Like, you were saying, uh, Poppy, that, you know, it was weird that Henry just kind of. Oh, okay, whatever. But I think it's because. The way they had the Lost Boys, they made it seem like it was some kind of, like, mini cult, like, you know, and they were easy to manipulate. And Pan wasn't actually a kid. He was a grown man in a child's, you know, body. Body. Remember that old one that was a dick? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's why. (laughs) And all of those Lost Boys were little shits, and I was like, Henry's gonna be lost in here. If he doesn't, if they don't find him, he's gonna get lost in the Lost Boys, ha. I make a pun there. So I was just interested just a in all bit, of little it. Bit. And the climax of the, the, the being in Neverland was really, really uh, well done. In that cave and uh, thinking Henry died, but they brought him back, but Pan's in, in him. I was like, oh, it was just, it was so good. So good. I really enjoyed it. 
What about the second what? half of the season with Oz? I, <laughs> I know you it's don't like Zelina. Okay, no, Zelina's entrance to the series in the second half was really well done. I re- I really enjoyed her. It was really cool to have that element that Regina had a half-sister and uh, that she was the Wicked Witch. I mean, how much fun were we going to have with a Wicked Witch? Like, right? And uh, she was she was so fun. She was she's still the same. I would say she's snarky. Uh, she has some really great puns, and she's just she she's having fun being evil. And I think that's what I enjoyed a lot about her in the second arc. Like it was it was good. It was good. I just remember the pan arc a lot more. But Delina's entrance into the show was well done as well. I'm just, I can't remember specifically. I, I can't remember a lot, to be honest. Yeah, you like, guys have to remind me so that I can I, like, get that. <laughs> I know she she had a thing for Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> she she kept them as a prisoner. prisoner. Yeah, that was so weird. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and at one like point a... we thought that he was going to end up being her father, so that was a little creepy. Yeah, she was a little, <laughs> a little kinky like, that way. <laughs> um... I don't know what else happened besides. You know, I'm. T- Bailfire. Bailfire. Okay. T- oh, okay. Okay. I'll- Thank the heavens. I'll talk about that guy. Oh my God, you were so, so boring. I was so like, boring. Katie didn't like him either. I didn't like I him. I didn't really at all. like him, but like, it was sad when he. I died. broke up the Bobsy twins. No, it wasn't. No, well, it wasn't. I, no, I think I that scene was very sad. Yeah. We called him, uh, we created a hashtag, yeah. hashtag bail fart. We did. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, that was also around was the time. Shout was... out to the cosplaying, uh, role-playing Rumple who we had on. Remember, Katie? Oh my gosh. Oh my lord. Listeners, if you want to hear that, venture into, oh uh, venture into the archives. <laughs> Deep in the archives is that. <laughs> Don't look in the archives. It's super awkward. <laughs> it's just, just Neil was just such a boring character. Like I, I like his story was cool. Like I liked it. He ended up going into a different realm, get away from his coward of a father, and then he he comes to our world. The actor that they casted because I saw him in True Blood before this, and I hated him in True Blood. And then he played a boring character. At least in True Blood, he was interesting or ended up being interesting. And then in, in once I was like, what is this? Like, how do you even compare Captain like, Swan to fuck? this one? What like, the fuck? this guy's so boring. Are you boring. talking about Michael Raymond James? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, liked... No. I'm trying to think of Neil's character. I liked him... Him and Gold's relationship, but I yeah. wasn't a fan of like him and Emma because I always feel like he was so condescending to her, and he never really gave her. He's like, he just never really gave her a choice, and like he didn't believe in her magic, and he was just. I mean, you think back, so, so he, he was a man. Because I mean, like you think back, <laughs> it's just like, well, if you. If you would have known that I had magic, then would you still have come after me? And he's like, no, I would have avoided you. And I'm like, what the. Wow, you're a great guy. <laughs> yeah, but, he was horribly written as an adult. I liked Balefire. I like young Balefire in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. Grown up Neil was a douche, and I never really cared yeah. for him. And I was. Well, I wouldn't father, say. So. Well, there. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was 
like dancing on his grave, but I was very happy when Balefire, <laughs> adult Neil, died. Half of me wishes that he would have stayed, not to put like do the stupid love triangle thing, but so Emma and Hawk were still, if they, they would still be together, but just to like see the dynamics between him and his father and Belle, like that's. That's what I really liked with him. I really liked his dynamics with them. Um, and I liked his dynamic with Emma and Henry, but just not as a couple. Yeah, a current were, couple. Maybe, I don't know, their chemistry was weird. I didn't believe, like, the actors together. Like, it was, I don't know. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a very subjective thing. I think uh, some of you mm-hmm. might be like, I see, I see chemistry here. And I'll be like, no, I don't see it. But just for me, I don't know if it's because they writ him, like, they it just it wasn't right i didn't really i didn't like how you were saying katie the way he the way him and emma interacted was just i didn't they're not true love both of them are not you know they're not their true love so maybe that's why i don't know it just was weird but you can fall in love it doesn't have to be true love it can just be love and you know that's fine but i just really didn't believe when both when she had hook and neil i knew she i knew it was gonna be hook i think neil was just Dunzo, but uh yeah it was it was written especially you know in the present time it was written as something that they did love each other at one time but not anymore yeah and it was behind her yeah we needed closure for him and emma but mostly for him and his father and i think uh Mm -hmm. it, it showed a lot of growth for rumple too because he wanted to go and find his son and he did and uh this gave Rumple a lot of, of options for uh, for redemption and I feel like he does get it you know he sacrifices himself I think it's in this season right I'm, I hope I'm not a, I think it is this season yes. um, it's just there's so much going on I, I'm, I'm just remembering Zelina's plan like it's just everything's coming back to me like the the whole that she wanted to do the curse and go back in time and take Snow's baby That's it's all coming back to me she right now she wanted so. to eat the baby <laughs> Oh and my I'm, gosh, that was the season. That was yeah, our I joke throughout the season. Zelina wanted to eat the baby. Yeah, and I forgot Snow was even like pregnant that she wanted another kid and stuff. And I was like, why? Zelina was her midwife. Yeah. Why? Like, why Why are you bringing more kids here? We don't need no more kids. You know, but that was just me. But she needed the baby. Why? For the for her ritual thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was pretty wicked. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I really liked Selena. Yeah, and there was the the elements of light and dark, and how Regina defeats her with dark with light magic. So that was really yeah. really awesome. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. I love Selena. She brings such this different like this different energy to the show. She has such sass and. You just, I, I mean, now looking back at her, you see that she's come a long ways. But like that, in the first time, the first, you know, time you see her on the show, you just, you can't help but hate her. But I loved her at the same time because she just, she did such a fantastic job playing the character. Wicked always wins. Between her and Regina. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just love that all that all of Cora's like daughters are all evil, just like her. <laughs> well, well oh obviously Regina wasn't you know bad at first she never was until something happened but yeah so 
Um, but Zelina was a lot of fun when she got introduced and all her stuff. And I, it's probably credit to the to the actress because, damn, I loved her hats. I always love uh, Zelina's hats. Oh yes, yeah, I remember. All right, let's get into season four. Another split season with the first half getting chilly with the Frozen arc. And then the second half was uh, not squared, but to the power of three with three villainesses in the Queens of Darkness. What do we think of season four? Bleh. No comment. Oh, really? Bleh. Really? I really like this season. This is my first season that I really liked encompassing as a whole. Like, Mm -hmm. 3A, I loved. Then 3B, I kind of just like, eh, it's okay. Like, it wasn't as striking to me. And then 4, season 4 happened, and it's just like, oh, oh my god. Uh, I like season 4, too. I'm, there, I mean... There are some issues in season four. I really wish, in hindsight, that they would have uh, encompassed more of the characters during the Frozen arc. It really did feel a little bit Frozen-heavy, and I get why they did it, because Frozen turned into a huge phenomenon. But I wish it was a little bit more... I don't know. I just wish the our like core characters were featured a little bit more. It felt like it was much more Emma-centric, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, obviously, Emma is the main character, but I wish that they would have incorporated the other characters a little bit more. Although I loved um, Elizabeth Mitchell in it, and, and all the characters. I feel like all of the um, characters in the Frozen arc really encompass the characters from the movie. And I have a soft spot for the Queens of Darkness, although that one was a hot mess, because it was just... <laughs> there was so much... For me, at least, there was so much, like, expectations in it and, like, what it could have been. And it didn't live up to my hype, but I liked the queens individually. I loved Ursula. I loved Maleficent, and you know, from the beginning when she was initially on it. And I love uh, Cruella. So I liked the arc because of them, but it was a bit of a messy arc. Although I do like that they incorporated the characters, even though it was kind of weird with Snow White's secret and the secret, secret, secret. And they kept on talking about the secret and secret, secret, secret. And we have a secret. Regina, let's meet in the dark, in the shadows of uh, the light of our car with umbrellas in the rain. Let's talk about the secret. Like, it was just like secret, secret, secret. And and the secret wasn't even that. I mean, it was sad, but I'm like, really? That's all that they did? So, remember the the baby, the egg. They put all the darkness in the baby and uh, in the egg. And then they tossed the egg into the real world. And... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it was it was messy. It was, but I do have a soft spot soft spot for season four because I did like the Frozen arc and I did like the Queens. I just wish that they would have done a little bit more with it. Yeah, I I really I know a lot of people complain about the Frozen arc, but I really did like it a lot. I don't know. I mean, I I think half of it is because they chose such great actors and actresses for the roles. And I really liked seeing Elizabeth Mitchell on the show. I liked her character a lot. I really did like the Frozen arc a lot. Um, I wasn't a fan of the Queens of Darkness arc. I wasn't a big fan of that at all. (laughs) But hey. (laughs) 
I, if I, I were shady, I would so go back and like look for quotes of Katie saying that she loves yeah. the Queens of Darkness oh. arc and edit it into the show. I know, Shut right? Up. It's Shut so up. funny. <laughs> I won't do it, Katie. But listeners, you may dig deep into the archives and go He's listen so to old. Katie say that She's she loves the episodes. On my butt at that point. <laughs> and totally send Katie ass and quote her and say, "You said this," and then you said this. And then ask her, what did you really think of the queens? More continuity issues than the show. <laughs> oh my god. But from someone who hates the movie Frozen, and it, I thought that the movie got so much more hype than it deserved, that it really wasn't as... I really don't think it was as great of a movie as everyone thought it was. I thought it was completely overrated. The Frozen arc, to me... Like how the characters interacted with our main cast, I loved, and I think they were really well done for the movie, but when it was just the scenes of just the Frozen characters, like to me that dragged on, especially Anna's story. I thought that she was completely boring. Ooh. Yeah, I don't, I didn't like Anna in the movie, and I didn't like her in Storybrooke either, or in Arendelle. Oh my. <laughs> That's so funny. I love So wrong. Movie. I love I loved it. Like it was yeah. just really great to watch. I don't know. I I think when they come up with these movies and uh, they end up being good, like me judging them, not what everyone else says, just me watching them and just feeling like a kid again. I really did enjoy Frozen and I did like that song before it became a hit. Cause I not gonna lie. So when Let's I heard go. that, it, yeah, when I heard I that, gotta I say. Katie was here for that. Like, I burned Let It Go down into the ground. Like, that was my go-to pun for that half of the season. Let It Go. Do you want to build a snowman? Sandwiches. Like, all that shit was, like, pun city. But, you know, they did... I think they did cast everyone well for the Frozen arc. I thought it was really cool. And the the thing that I was... I was, I guess, I was just disappointed because... It didn't, like, I was, like, the. I guess the story of Anna and Elsa trying to find each other and stuff, I didn't care about that. Like, I wanted something else, you know, and I think the build-up for season four was so good because we got that little cliffhanger, that teaser of that, The was it the, was it the Pandora's box or something was spilling and then it was, it became Elsa or whatever, the, the cliffhanger that we had for season three. It was, um, it was like, um... The urn. Urn, yeah. Yeah, that, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, and I was like, and then with, oh, with, with, what, with what they did with Peter Pan and making her evil, or making him evil, I'm sorry, I was like, what are they going to do with Elsa? Oh, my God, are they going to make her evil, too? Like, because I always thought that uh, Frozen was initially going to be, like, evil queen, evil ice queen or something, and it just ended up being the same, and... We get Belle with Anna, right? I think we get Belle and her little mm-hmm. side quest with mm-hmm. Anna. And I just, it's very forgettable. <laughs> Season 4 is very They tossed her over the cliff. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, see, it, <laughs> I wish they added Olaf it, like he could have saved it for uh-uh. me. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not like The I'm Snow like, Queen was good, though. Yeah. It's not a bad season. It's just I didn't. Just don't eat her ice cream. Myself. And then the second half, of course, with the Queens of Dark uh, Darkness, man, if anything saved that arc, it was Corella. Because holy shit, we Honestly, finally got, yes. we got someone who was just evil just to be fucking evil. And I was like, damn. The I was writers like, yes, went queen, there. yes. 
that episode was one of my favorite episodes of the series, the one with Corella. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think we all had, well, not all of us, but I'm pretty sure for myself that when I was like, damn, well, what's her backstory going to be? What's her tragic thing going to be? No, she's just, puppies, puppies, puppies. She's just evil. But also, she's I like really born evil. But I like that they gave she us was that born twist, that way. That they gave us that twist that she can't Maybe kill anybody. Like, wow, holy shit! And which, in turn, makes Emma kill her, and Emma has to live with that. Like, that was so brilliant. Say what you will about the arc, Corella's story and the way it ends was just fantastic. Yeah, she should have went to heaven, but it's sad she didn't. Yeah, deserve to go to heaven. What? <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> that's that's, oh that's like saying Cora deserved to go to heaven. Oh, look, she actually did. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, because she repented. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to go with it. That she repented and she deserved. Even though Mila goes in the Lost Souls, but Cora gets to go to heaven. Fuck that yeah. bitch. <laughs> oh, gosh. Look, well, she didn't deserve to be there. Yes, I agree. Good grief. But she was very enjoyable. Either way, Corella is really awesome. I agree. I couldn't agree more. All right. Let's chat a little bit about Season 5. Listeners, there are actually two broadcasts that you can download, either via iTunes, by searching for Storybook Weekly Mirror, or by going to poppychularadio.com slash archives. We have a Season 5A postmortem, and we have the Season 5B postmortem, which was recently released. So, we are a bit talked out about Season 5, but are there any final thoughts on Season 5? Is there anything that you didn't get a chance to mention, or you feel that you've forgotten to mention, about either the Camelot arc, which was in 5A, or the Underworld arc, which was in 5 Hades is hot. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Well, and damn. so is Hyde. <laughs> yeah. Hercules, Hercules was my thing. Yes! Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, Brittany was I ready like, to like jump it. on her Hercules. Yeah, <laughs> Brittany I, put I, the Gladden Gladiator. Yeah, I, I felt so bad that I had to. We had to look him up and see if he was age appropriate. <laughs> How old is he? Cause he's, he's in an older show. Than I am. He's a year older than I am. Oh shit! What's his name? Oh yeah, I can find him. Don't worry. Oh, uh, it's uh something white cell. Jonathan You're gonna white cheat cell. on Rumple? Are we Whoa. breaking up? A, are we breaking up a happy Ava. family? Ava, you should know yeah. him. He's he's um. He's in the hundred. Yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait. He's, oh, yeah, like, he's older than all of us. No, he, yeah. He's Katie watches the 100. Dad. How is this possible? <laughs> and the guy that was helping... Na- uh, Nathan Miller. He is Nathan Miller's boyfriend in the 100. Yeah. And he was a lot in the 100 than opposed to Once Upon a Time. And I liked him. And he's not dead yet in the 100. He's not, which is a surprise. I wish he wasn't dead on Once Upon a uh, Time. We had an LGBT couple actually made it to the end of season we, three. We need more man, you know, man candy in Once Upon a Time, man. I mean, you can never get enough of that, to be honest, you know. So, um, season five was good. Season five overall, I think, is really good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, they had a lot of mystery for 5A. You know, we were all trying to figure out, well, what's going on and what happened 
um, and why is Emma doing the things she did? And I think they they misled me personally because I thought Emma was just gonna be all dark, like just all evil. But and she 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 wasn't. She was just more of like she didn't care about casualties. Like that was the Emma we got. We got Emma though doing something for Hook, and uh, it was just it was so heartbreaking being a Captain Swan shipper and seeing what she was doing for him, and then it ultimately led to his death and to a scene where I cried, like I said in the other podcast. And uh, Hades arc, yeah, Hades arc, so very very well done, well casted as well. Um, I think the the underworld kind of disappointed me in the sense that we just got under brook like why why couldn't it be something a little mm-hmm. bit more, yeah you know like spooky like, i guess like it worked for what it was but i expected something else so i guess i maybe i shouldn't have had expectations to you know be let down but either way what ha- whatever happened in there it worked and i liked it a lot it, it got me more interested than season four had so i did enjoy season five but I did not like, you know, a little bit of Rumple stuff. I didn't like that. Uh, I don't like Zelina. I think that's one thing. I don't know if you guys, I told you guys, I don't like her. I don't like yes. what she, we didn't even talk about it for the season four thing. I just didn't want to get into it. I just, I don't like her. And I don't like that her redemption is just because she had a kid. I, well, I, I don't think that's her redemption redemption solely i think what she ended up doing at the end with hades added to the redemption i don't really think it's just because she had the child and the child is redeeming her i think her actions and all that stuff with cora in the underworld i think that kind of stuff has added to the redemption that's true no that's true i think uh for mostly casual viewers they'll get over it but for me having holding grudges on people i don't like I'm not over what she did. To be no, honest. I, and I agree with that. I, 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 I may like some of the villains, but I still hold them accountable for what they've done. Yeah, yeah. See, that's mm-hmm. what you know. I'm not. I'm not blind on anybody. Everyone's done some shitty stuff, and I will never overlook it. But uh, like that's the thing. Like I was, I was praising Zelina for season three. Like I love how she's brought into this, but she becomes so um, so set on vengeance and not even like on her mother or you know her dad or something it's more it's just on regina because regina got the life that she didn't you know have and you know what because you got the life i wanted regina i'm gonna go and do your boyfriend and get pregnant and fuck you over like i'm sorry i just i don't like it i i don't like it and even with her redemption this season it's because she has a kid and she mentioned that a lot too she was like Oh, for my baby, and oh, for my baby. And I'm like, well, what would have happened if they took out the entire baby storyline and just had her have her own redemption with her mother and killing Hades? I would have loved Zelina so much more. Yeah, I agree. They added that soap opera twist, which I didn't like either. Yeah, and and I say that because I watch a soap opera with my mom, The Young and the Restless, and, like, that's been going on since the 70s, but I'm up to date from, like, 2006. I've been watching since 2006, so... That's like what ten years already, or so. So uh, everyone sleeps with everyone. Everyone's having babies with everyone. I'm like, what is going on here? Are you getting some ideas from over there? Please don't do that. However, I'm gonna get over it, guys. I'm just ranting right now that I didn't like it, um, <laughs> but I'm gonna get over it because obviously she's gonna be a series regular, and uh, her scenes with Regina and her mom they were good. I'm not gonna discredit that they were very good. So um. 
as long as she 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 sides with them and she does right the good things, uh, I'll 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 tolerate her. <laughs> oh gosh, I'll, I'll say I enjoyed the theme of unfinished business in yeah. the underworld. I love that we got a chance to see a lot of characters that we've seen throughout the series. It was well. Let me say this. I know a lot of people on the web poo-pooed the 100th episode. They felt, oh, it's too Regina-centric, or I don't like the theme, and I don't like they're in the underworld. It should have been something more special. I didn't mind it, because the 100th episode opened up this entire world of the underworld, and it allowed a lot of our favorite characters, a lot of our most hated characters, to come back and interact with our characters, and to clean up... It allowed some of the characters, I should say, to clean up the mess that they created. And a lot of the characters got the chance to move on and uh, to seek forgiveness and to receive redemption and that kind of thing. So I enjoyed the Underworld arc as a whole. And I know it's not a popular thing to say, but I enjoyed Camelot for what it was. The one thing that I think annoyed me about Camelot was how they built up the Merlin character. And I know I mentioned this before and and, and still kind of salty about it. Like, they had built up Merlin the previous season as the sorcerer. Like, oh my gosh, no one knows who the sorcerer is. Oh, he's so powerful. Oh, he knows everything. We had seen him in the past sort of... um, doing his little machinations on like making stuff happen and and his chats with the apprentice and all that and then all of a sudden they ended up just killing him like it was so easy to kill this all-powerful sorcerer i I felt that was a bit of a letdown i i can agree camelot is like one of the funnest things to like um because one of my favorite shows is uh is merlin from um yes yes yeah you you watch merlin too Yes! Oh my gosh, I love Merlin. I love that show. It's my favorite. It's one of my top uh, five favorite shows of all time. So I was like, ooh, what are they going to do? Oh my god. And then I was like, why is Arthur 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 hot, but he's bad? (laughs) You know, like, it was just, it was a lot of, uh, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Like, the story, um... Uh, besides that, I don't know how to feel about Guinevere. I don't think I liked her character too much. She didn't, she didn't come off as likable. Well, that's because she was, she was, uh, controlled by the sand. We never really got a chance to really get to know Guinevere in all honesty, except for the short little, you know, romance, I guess, with Lancelot, which that felt a little bit rushed, unfortunately. But uh, besides that, she was always under the spell of, um, I don't even remember, the Sands of Babylon, I think is what they called. It was called, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And you know what? It's true because we know the original story of of, uh, Arthur, of Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot. So when we had that whole ordeal where it's like, do we trust Lancelot? Do we trust Arthur? But we end up learning that Arthur is actually the true villain. Um, yeah. Lancelot is still out there visiting his mother, the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. Remember? So, you know, it's just a bunch of really cool little elements they put in there. And to be honest, uh, Camelot had probably some of the best costumes that I absolutely loved. I loved Emma's costume the most. Uh, I loved that she was in all white. And uh, this is like my favorite type of era, honestly, in movies and stuff. I love 
like the like it looks like elf like elven wear you know like from lord of the rings like i just i love that stuff so the costumes they uh they kicked it up a notch for me so i very much enjoyed that i'm All so glad right. someone else watched merlin though i'm so happy katie you make me happy yes oh my goodness merlin is like it is it's in one of my top five favorite shows ever it was so good Yay! Oh, wow. I will have to check it out. I'm excited. Yes, yes, it's so good. I will watch. <laughs> all right, so we've discussed all of the seasons that have aired so far. So let's take a peek into our crystal ball and let's talk about what we think could happen in season six. What would you like to see happen in season six? What are your predictions for season six? What's going to happen now that we have Hyde in control of Storybrooke? We have the Evil Queen, uh, you know, I guess catching a Broadway show in New York or something. What's going to happen in Season 6? What do you think? Will it still have the split-season approach? Will there be multiple arcs? What's going to happen? Multiple Give me the arcs. scoop. Multiple arcs. I think we're going to have two of them. Definitely. Just how the formula has been like that for the past uh, uh, three seasons, four seasons, three. I'm really bad at math, so don't take my word for it. But it's been working. So and I think the more they do it, the more they'll um, they'll solidify it. They'll get better at it. Um, and I think they did a, actually a very good job uh, for season five of of going from Camelot and the real world to uh, the underworld. I think they that was really good. Very well done. Really good mid-season finale. So uh, I have faith in the writers. I think uh, I think they'll learn from their mistakes. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to be excited with Zelina being a series regular. And uh, to be honest, even though I just hated on her like two minutes ago, I'm curious to see where they're going to take her. Because if they make me fall in love with Regina, maybe they'll make me fall in love with Zelina. So, you know, surprise me. And Hyatt is sexy as fuck, so I want to see <laughs> what else he's going to do. Like, Oh, gosh. Let's go. Just let's, just know that Zelina on. was a series regular this past season, just an FYI. Oh, she was? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, gosh. Okay. I don't feel like she was in every episode until they broke her out, so I can't remember, but okay. She was. I'm excited for season six. I have no idea what's going to happen which I guess makes me even more excited about it. I have a feeling it could be season one-ish in a sense that we're going to be introduced to all these new characters, all these characters with untold stories, and we're going to see their stories, as Hyde said, play out in Storybrooke. I'm curious, I guess we'll find that out over the summer as they start casting people. I'm curious to see what stories they got the rights to. There were a lot of stories that the internet said are public domain that they saw in um, the story book, the like the second volume that Henry was flipping through. A lot of those stories that they had images to are public domain, so that means that they don't have to pay the rights to them. And uh, I, I guess we'll see a lot of those stories, but I'm really, in all honesty, looking forward to seeing some more of like the Disney stories, like Aladdin and Jasmine. And I'm still hoping for the Princess and the Frog, seeing Tiana and Naveen, and of course Dr. Facilier. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. The Evil Queen thing, I, I think we've all predicted it, and if we're right and we predicted it, 
like two episodes ago when we did uh, the um, season finale. It's going to be funny because I, I think we all agree that what's going to end up happening is Regina is going to fight the evil queen. And then at the end, she's going to be like, you know what? I'm not complete. You know, I have to have both sides in me. You know, that's the person that I am. I will never be able to destroy the evil queen, but uh, she is a part of my spirit. So let me suck you back into my body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that that is that is something we can uh I guess maybe we can all agree on that um Regina's journey is going to probably be a little predictable and that I think she's going to realize she has to be both of her uh both evil and good and Yeah. I just hope that's not the season arc. If that yeah. if they do end up doing a season arc, I hope that Hyde is the season arc. Hyde yeah. and these untold stories. And yeah. Regina versus the Evil Queen is just in the fall. Yeah, that would be really, really well done. That way she can get herself together and, you know... And then battle everybody else yeah. in the second half. Yeah, I don't want to see Regina in too much turmoil uh, for more than half of a season. Uh, but I do... I, I, I will be excited to see where she goes, but I can predict that... Obviously, they they gave us they gave us the first clue when she crushed the heart of the evil side of her, and it came back to life. That you can't get rid of it; it's gonna be a part of you. Yeah. So learn to live with it, yo. Exactly, and I think we all agree that at some point in the fall, Regina will get kidnapped, and she'll <gasps> be placed somewhere, and the evil queen will pretend to be. Regina. Oh you, oh, you think a switch is gonna? Yes, gonna... I mean, come on, that's another soap opera trope that they're Maybe? gonna do. Oh, and uh... speaking of soap opera tropes, the evil twin sister is a soap opera trope, so uh, well, yeah, it's gonna get a little soapy, listeners. It's gonna so get a little true. soapy. I've seen it like at least. And they hours. always take over at one point. They yeah, kidnap yeah. the the good one, and then the bad one takes over, and then everyone's suspicious, and then they end up finding out, and yeah. they gotta save the good one, and. It's gonna get so soapy true. in the fall, y'all. So yeah. can I say? Can I say that I'm really looking forward to the evil queen and the Hyde dynamic? Oh my gosh! Oh my not god, even, that's yeah, so hot. Yeah. Yes, I have to agree. <laughs> like not even hashtag evil Hyde romantic thing. I am like, I just want to see the their scenes together. Like. It's just gonna be super interesting. I'm I want to so see that. Yeah, the evil queen, not Regina. The evil queen yeah, and Hyde. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Ooh, I should. Yes. I should. Hashtag Ooh, evil Hyde. Evil Hyde. <laughs> evil Hyde. I love Hyde that. Queen. Hyde Queen. <laughs> no, I'm so tired of. They always do Queen stuff with her. Oh, okay then. No, and queen Hyde. would be Regina. So let's do evil Hyde, Hyde for evil the evil side. That. We'll see. We'll find. Well, if that happens, that's actually either that or hide with Granny. <laughs> I ship everyone with Granny. I do too, <laughs> but Granny does have a thing with Geppetto. Don't encourage him. Granny, Remember, oh my God. she likes his meatloaf. Oh, and and last but not least, Captain Swan engagement. I yes! can see it happening. Yes! It's gonna happen. Yes! Like that's the next, not necessarily a wedding, but I feel like an engagement. Like an that's engagement, the next yeah. step. Yeah. Well, and we need yeah, love for I, Regina. We need her. We need someone of equal standing. Someone as strong of a, as a character a, as her. Not need a man to be happy. I'm not saying she needs a man to be happy. I just, 
everyone else is in a couple, it would be nice to Regi for Regina yeah. to have somebody. I feel like she's going to. And it has to be a strong character. It can't be like Robin, who was <laughs> not as well developed as Regina. Like she needs somebody they're complimentary. All realize that Emma and Regina belong together, and that's the end. No. Hashtag Swan Queen realness. Swan Queen is real. Can I say, I forgot to mention this during season, when we talked about season one. One of the elements of season one that I loved was Regina would always be like, Miss Swan, you need to do your job. You need to do your job, Miss Swan. And she would always like threaten her like, you know, if you don't do your job, well, you can get out of town. Like, you can leave town, okay? If you're not going to do your job, Miss Swan, you can leave town. Like, I, I loved that. She always did that shit in season one. It was so good. I really like their dynamic in season one because they like, oh, Emma hated Regina so much and Regina hated Emma. And now you look at them in season five and they're, you know, she considers Regina a friend. BFFs? I yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoy their relationship and where it is now. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. see what the Swan Queen people are seeing, but um, all right. <sighs> I'll say this, I'm not a swan queener, but they definitely had chemistry in oh, season yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will never deny, you know, what they have, but, uh, romantically, no. But if they went that way, if somehow they went that way before introducing the ships that we have now, I would have been on board. Yeah, like, if this was on Showtime or HBO, they would have yeah. gone that way, but this is on ABC, they're not gonna go that way. Well, I don't mm -hmm. know, some people are, you know, sleeping with people and just having their babies and... Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, like, I, don't like, I don't like my sister, but I'm gonna sleep with her husband or her boyfriend and have his kid, yeah. But they're not gonna go that far, okay. <laughs> oh <tea>. gosh. <laughs> so before hot. we leave, uh, any final thoughts on Once Upon a Time? In its entirety. Once upon a time, the entire series. Captain Swan, forever. <laughs> yes. I, I like how the show... Yeah. I like how the show... Brings something different to our TV screens. Like... You see so many procedural shows get thrown out. And, you know, or get put out. So often. And I love how this brought in... It seemed like it came in with a wave of different shows that weren't, you know, a cop show. It wasn't a lawyer show. It wasn't um, a soap opera, a drama type show. Like, it just brought in something different. And I really like how it brought in this wave of fantasy sci-fi shows um, that people can really connect with. And, you know, every, there's a character for everyone in the show. There's a character that everyone can identify with. And everyone can... Um, can look look at and find themselves in and can find their journey, the character's journey throughout the seasons and be like, well, you know, I, I see this part of myself in this character and I hope that someday I can achieve what this person's achieved. I can achieve anything. You know, the show's about hope and I really, I really like that, that part about the show specifically. All right. I just, I just want to say I'm proud of this show, even with its faults and some criticisms. The good definitely overtriumphs like the bad. Like for sure, there is a lot more good from this series than there is like bad. Like you can just be picky about little things, but I'm glad that we're already past the fifth season, and I'm still excited to see what's gonna happen. 
And that's rare for some TV shows, to be honest. So I'm excited. I'm glad I'm still here watching it. And uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Oh my god, somebody say something. <laughs> you summed it up very well. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's why we're all like, yeah. I thought everybody was like rolling their eyes, like, oh my gosh. Oh, Brittany. I'm rolling my eyes. There she goes again. <laughs> no, it was perfect. All right, so I guess that's it, everybody. This is our final recording for the season. At this moment, we would like to thank everyone for joining us these past 28 episodes. This has been our largest season of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, and truthfully, it's all because of you, the listeners. Uh, we've been doing very well with downloads on iTunes, as well as via our archive section on poppychuloradio.com slash archives. If you weren't downloading, we wouldn't be doing this, and we certainly would not have uh, gone to 28 episodes. So we thank you all of you for taking the time to subscribe, to download, or to listen to us when we stream on poppychuloradio.com. Speaking of the site, visit poppychuloradio.com archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Mirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Radio. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. We would love to hear from you. You know, let us know what you thought of uh, our season this year, what you thought of the show, you know, constructive critiques, praise, hell, we'll take anything. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. And a small reminder, programming note, later on this summer we will be debuting our revisit to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland aptly titled Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Wonderland. So that'll be available via iTunes as well as through uh, poppychuloradio.com slash archives sometime in July 2016. So co-hosts for the final time this season please wish the listeners a good night. Have a good night everyone. Good night guys. Have a good summer too. Yeah. Absolutely. Stay, stay cool. Stay cool. Survive the hiatus. Survive the hiatus, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Join us in fall 2016 for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.